Hey guys, welcome back to Mountain Murders. I'm Heather. And I'm Dylan. And you've given me your diseases, your illness. Thanks huh. for passing <laughs> on the communicable disease because now I've got whatever funk you had last week. Yeah, and I'm back, bitches. Well, I'm not. So okay. you'll have to pardon me if I sound like Fran Drescher, like the nanny. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about it. You sound better than I did, though. I don't know. So you're handling better than me so far. Well, I've downed a lot of Mucinex today. Okay. Yeah. Yes, and you've uh, blew your nose a lot. Uh-huh, and coughed and hacked. So. Um, a lot. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying a delicious snack right now while we talk about all my phlegm. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so here we are. Brand new year. Yeah, it's our first episode of the new year. Of 2020. Are you excited? Yes, it's a new decade. It is, and tonight we're going to do things a little differently. You're actually going to lead the show. You've got a great case. You've been working on this case for what, like four months? <laughs> well, on and off for four months. You know, my, my I have a process, you know, and uh, I have to work all the way through it. Dylan is a master procrastinator, in case you didn't well, know this. I haven't shared this with you guys before. Just, yeah, I'm going to float that out. Dylan is a great procrastinator. Yes, I'm very good at it. He has a hard time getting his ducks in a row. I can't stay on task. He can't. He is like, oh, look, something's shining. And then yeah. he floats away. And I don't have my focus medicine from the doctor right now. Here we are. And uh, But I'm very proud of you. It only took you four months <laughs> to finish a case. Well, I know it inside and out, if that's if that's helps any. And um, only one other time. So I'm here's the deal. I'm going to lead this one. I'm going to lay the facts out. And Heather's going to try to throw me off with random statements like I do to her all the time. Right. So it's been snowing here. Yeah. We're we're kind of snowed in a little bit right now, so we're all cozy. I made some soup tonight. Oh, the soup was so good. Zuppa Toscana, oh. like a potato Oh, my God. Soup. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I didn't know he was eating rich people potato soup. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like the Olive Garden recipe. What else? So we have full tummies. <laughs> we're all warm and snuggly and cozy, and we are ready for some true crime. And that explains all those extra flavors that was in my bowl. All right. <laughs> Okay, so, um, yes, here we go. And uh, anything else you want to bring up before we dive headfirst into this train wreck? Well, I might mention that we still have tickets for sale for our very first Mountain Murders live show happening in two weeks, Dylan. Oh, two weeks. My God. January the 18th. Of course, that is a Saturday. You can buy your tickets online, brownpapertickets.com, keyword search, Mountain Murders. We also have an event on our Facebook page. You can go check that event out. It's going to give you a lot of details. It's a fairly early show. We're doing like 5.30. Still have some time. If you want to come into town, come to Mount Murder Show, have a few drinks, go have dinner afterwards, and then you'll be fine to drive home, right? Yeah, you can probably do yoga or something in Nashville afterwards, right? Maybe. Yeah, you can do all that (laughs) stuff. Better get your tickets today. They are selling fast. Oh, and we had an exciting, we had our very first interview with a newspaper. Oh, hello. Yeah, Mountain Murder's making the scene, right? Yes, um, that was uh, fun and a good way to start off the new year. Yeah, so when our article is published, we'll make sure to uh, disperse that on social media so you guys can check it out. I mean, just a little humble brag there. And we'll be dropping a brand new Patreon episode this week. So if you want to sign up, patreon.com, become a patron for as low as $1. You can access a brand new New Year's January 1st Patreon episode of the year. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. Quit begging like that guy said. 
Can I tell him about this dude? Okay. Yeah, the dude who thinks I'm making up my past. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. fabricating my past. Oh, yeah. You got to tell him the story. Oh, like, yeah. It's pretty funny. So, you know, we see reviews and comments and stuff. We and like, I like to troll the trolls. Yeah, and it's 90, honestly, 98% positive, which blows our mind and it keeps us going, fuels us, makes us feel good, humbles us that people take time to listen, whatnot. But uh, we do get the um, odd bad review or strange comment so or someone sending us some weird ass message that's yeah. like what the f- what are you doing what are you even talking about get a life okay yeah, yeah. so <laughs> dude hits hits up our mountain murders facebook you know messenger and he's just like uh yeah i don't think you're really from shelby uh you're just using that as a gimmick and you must have just be a passer through and all this and you shouldn't quit begging so much and make using uh, people are making fun of the south and all this shit and i'm just like bro what the hell are you talking about begging like i'm out on the street with my little bowl may i have some more please, please 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 be a patron yeah. please be one of our patrons yeah so okay hey enjoy the free content guys you know and that's why we do it but you know okay dude so you didn't pay anything which is fine we love listeners. So B, you're going to complain about your free entertainment? Yeah, which is cool because we're <laughs> glad people listen. But yeah, so you've got no skin in the game. And B, so I'm fabricating my past and using it as a gimmick. So I picked Shelby motherfucking North Carolina, guys. Right. That's where I picked. Yeah, we're just we're just faking country. Yeah. This accent takes a lot of work, y'all. I mean, really, what the fuck? Yeah, it was just very odd. Very get, strange. Yeah, get on somewhere. Yeah, so no, really, guys, I am from Madagascar originally. Yeah, true. Yes, and I, I bre- thought you were like a Nigerian prince. Well, I am. And, and if we you... met through a Yahoo email where you offered me stakes in your diamond mine. Yes, and, and if you'll help me pay the service fee to transfer international currencies, uh, yeah. I will access my fortune and we'll live happily ever after. Oh, baby. All right. I'm so excited. Okay, so here we go. So, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm moving on. Hey, hey, guy, if you're listening, fuck you. Yeah, I hope he hears this one. Why don't and you drive up here and I'll show you my country ass, motherfucker. Okay, there you go. I am from <laughs> Shell Town, bitch. Meet me down in West Shelby. I used to run around down there. No. I used to hit golf balls behind Sky City, bitch. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now what's up? Okay. okay, so here we are, and here we go. I'm very excited, Dylan. Oh, my God. I can barely contain myself. I've got to tell everybody, we've done this one time before on Patreon. and so No, our pat- actually, we did it. It was the Saluda Mountain Motel Murder, which was not a Patreon episode. Oh, my God. It's a regular episode, but it was a while ago. Oh, my God, so they heard me be horrible before. Okay. Yeah, but don't worry about that. I've grown since then. You have. Come on. I really am. I weigh fine. more. Okay. All right, so here we go. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Can you just get on with it? Yes. A person's murder always devastates friends and family left behind. This case takes that a step further after two generations of a family are callously executed one fateful day in a mostly rural county located in southern Ohio. Pike County is on the western edge of the Appalachian Mountains. The largest employer in the area is Portsmouth Diffusion Plant. Interestingly enough, Portsmouth, a uranium enrichment plant, produced weapons-grade uranium at one point. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. That's pretty crazy. Kind of scary, actually. Why are they moving, like, nuclear shit in the middle of the mountains, like, where there's nothing? Oh, so why are they making dangerous poison weapons-grade uranium where the poor people live? Yeah. Huh. Can't figure that one out. Yeah, so uh, it's having a population of around 28,000 people. Pike County is your typical sleepy rural community. 
On April 22, 2016, this area was rocked by a gruesome discovery at a property near the small town of Piketon. Bobby Joe Manley arrived at Dana Roden's home to help her feed the animals. Inside the home, she found the bodies of Christopher Roden Sr. and his cousin Gary Roden. She quickly called 911 at 7.51 a.m. She frantically stated, there is blood everywhere. Deputies were dispatched to the scene and Bobby Joe ran to another home on the property for help. Okay, this lady rolls up to this house. She's there to help feed some animals. This is her brother and cousin. Is that right? Well, it's her sister's house. Okay. And um, she's just there. It's, a, it's something so she it's does family, frequently. And this is something yeah. that she does. Yeah, come by. And like a lot of us in these small mountain towns, we are very close knit. We've got big families, extended families, and relatives are always popping by. Yeah, something she probably does all the time. And she just walks in and finds a fucking bloodbath. Yeah, she walks in and finds um, good grief, Christopher Roden Senior and his his cousin Gary dead. So I mean, obviously freaked out. She calls, uh, yeah, yeah she calls nine one one. And um, deputies get, you know, to roll into the scene and she runs to another home on the property. There's multiple homes. It's a, you know, good sized chunk of land. Okay. So kind of like a family compound or something. Yeah. You know how it is. You know how it goes in the country. You got the, the main house, if you will. Granny's house. Big house. Yeah, yeah. And then you got a couple of trailers or double wides or, you know, small stick built homes. Because uh, I was never that lucky, but, you know, someone gives you some family land to build your home or put your home on. Hey, I would love to have some family land for a house. Park my and single Even if you're not my it. family and you just want to adopt me and give me a place to build a house. Yeah. I will accept it graciously. Yeah, okay. I will too. And I have no uh, problem with living in single wide. Go mm-hmm. and pull me up. No. I'll have a tiny me. home and a tiny home for my clothes. <laughs> you do need a tiny home for your boots and shoes. It's true. Yeah, so uh, she ran to another home on the property to get help, obviously freaked out. And um, upon entering to her dismay, she found two more bodies. Oh, my God. That of Clarence Frankie Roden and his fiance Hannah Hazel Gilly. So she's going there, need help. She knows, you know, more family members around. You're just looking for help. It's like something out of a I need horror support. movie. And there's, everyone's dead in that house, too. Is this a horror movie? That, I, mean, I mean, who could even process this? Honestly. Wow. The young Roden fella is dead along with his fiance. Yes. And they're like in their 20s. Yes, they're fa- they're fairly young. Wow. Okay. So at this point, Bobby Joe is beyond hysterical and calls 911 the second time. She then calls her brother James Manley for help because she just wants another person present that's not dead. I mean, my uh, God. I, well, this is just like a crazy story. Yeah, so um, he comes and discovers, you're not going to believe this part, he soon discovers two more bodies and a third home on the freaking property. So now we're at six bodies. Six bodies. One family, one piece of property. Three different homes on the same property, and every time they go into one of these homes, everyone in the home's dead. This is unlike anything I've ever heard. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm a big true crime fan, but what you're telling me is... Wow, what a story you found, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, okay. I apologize to everybody because I'm not as good as Heather. In the third home, Dana, Dana Lynn Roden and her daughter Hannah May Roden were found dead by um, James Manley. Police take control of the scenes and try to locate the rest of the Roden family. Obviously, because this is 
starting to look like a really big deal. Shortly thereafter, Kenneth Roden is found dead in his camper a few miles down the road, another member of the family. So now, how is Kenneth related to this family? Uh, uh, he's a cousin okay. to everybody. It's a big fan, you know, big country family, lots of uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters, that kind of thing. Yeah. I didn't come from a big family like that, but um, uh, new families like that, you know, the, the such and such boys or the, you know, so-and-so girls, you know, big right, family, exactly, big country yeah. family. Christopher Roden Jr. is the last victim discovered after briefly being considered a suspect because they're trying to locate other members of the family. He's the only one missing. You know, it's going to be natural for cops to wonder, hey, what's going on? But then he's discovered dead as well. So, so not- we're at a body count of eight? Yes. I'm not great at math, but that's, <laughs> I'm like four and then two, six, two, and then two. two. That's eight, right? And one and one. Yes. Yeah, now, okay. Yes. I mean, sadly, the body count now stood at eight people. I hope there's not more. Two generations wiped out in the blink of an eye. Oh, my gosh. Astonishingly. So sad. Astonishingly, multiple children were found alive at some of the scenes. Kids were there? Yes, in the home. The children's ages were three years old, six months old, and four-day-old newborn. The newborn was in bed with its mother's body when discovered. I mean, just, I mean, that's some Dexter shit right there. That's some fucking horrific shit. How could you kill a mother and leave her body next to her newborn baby. Four days old. It's just tiny. What the hell? I mean, what kind of monster can do that? That is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, and just imagine the investigators and the people, you know, coming upon these scenes and multiple houses, all these, but this is a small county where this kind of stuff probably doesn't happen. I'm sure that nothing like this has happened there before. Honestly, at this point, multiple scenes, eight people total. This doesn't really happen anywhere. No. Uh, that often, that frequently. So it's really no, crazy. Like, this is like something out of a horror film. This is not even like believable. I can't, I can't even wrap my head around it. So this, because um, Hannah Roden, it was her newborn and her body, the newborn was discovered laying with, had recently given birth, obviously, to the small four day old baby. At this point, the entire community was left devastated and living under a veil of fear, wondering who might be next. Because they don't know who's done it. They don't know why. It's mul- It's not just one scene. I mean, they literally think there might be these killer or killers out there. And who's, uh, you know, the next target. So, the, uh, you know, almost instantly the entire community goes into a panic of sorts. Now, when you did tell me a little bit about this story, I kind of researched some, not much, because I wanted to react with the audience when you're telling right. the story. But I ever heard that the Roden family, I mean, these were like good people, like very generous people, well-liked in this community. They were known as friendly. They went to church regularly, were active in their church. I mean, people were just really blown away by this because these were not people who had any kind of reputation for being troublesome. They were not like, oh, that trash family in town. Right. I mean, these were like good people and people who were very like generous and active in the community and well liked. Yeah, and that, everything I saw was the same thing. They were, they were fun, fun to be around, you know, happy, um, just good people. And uh, in this area, the families are so strong and tightly knit that the rodents were considered newcomers because they'd only been on their land for a couple of generations. So that's how deep and long the roots go in this area. But they were still accepted and loved. 
and had been there for, I mean, a couple of generations, a long time. But it's just a very small town, you know, tightly knit, and everybody knows everybody. Yeah. So, you know, the word, you know, word's going to spread, and everyone's just like, what in the hell is going on? Well, I can see how something like that would definitely send shockwaves through a community and would instill fear in neighbors, friends. I mean, is this a serial killer? Is this going to be an active pattern? Are more families going to turn up dead? Well, yeah, I mean, is it just, just this family? Just being baffled, or, like, what the fuck is happening? Or did some stranger come upon these houses on, you know, multiple homes on this one property and just systematically go through and kill, the, you know, kill everybody? Just, you know, who knows? Is a raging monster out there? I mean. Right, yeah. I could only imagine if something like this happened around here, you know? Right. So everyone had a theory as to why this happened, and soon multiple theories made the rounds. You know how it goes in small, small towns. Town, of course. You're going to get word around the campfire. What so and so heard down at the convenience store on the liars' bench. Talk, the liars' bench, the barber shop, the barber shop, the ladies at the beauty parlor. Yes. So everybody's talking. Yep. One of the theories or rumors passed around was um, about threats directed at Chris Jr. on Facebook, which led to the questioning of a 20 year old Isaiah Jones for more than six hours. So, but at the same time, you know, that's just. Kind of hard seeing Facebook threats go to eight people dead. Right. But they're they're looking, the cops are already starting to, you know, any stone they can turn over. Well, I guess in this day and age, too, I mean, cyber threats, we've seen people actually end up dead. Suicide, cyberbullying. So, you know, I guess there is some validity to, you know, taking a peek at that. Well, yeah, you got to. So, you know, obviously they gave him a good, you know, long talking to. And also a road rage incident involving Chris Sr. led to more interviews with more people. One of the bigger theories, um, after evidence of cockfighting on the property, had investigators considering the murders may have been connected to the cockfighting arena. Cockfighting? Yes. Yes, you know, we've all seen it. If you go by that house. I've never seen cockfighting. Well, no, I'm saying, but you've seen evidence of it. Maybe on Pornhub, but... (laughs) But, um... Yeah, it's, it's here a, all day, folks. It's a sword fight. No, you've seen them damn uh, little uh, rooster huts spread out on some old timer's yard, with each one has one single rooster in it. Is that what that's for? Yes, that's what that's. I'm so kind. Is that what that's for? <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking country. That's not necessarily <laughs> saying everywhere you see that they're fighting cocks, but those are those chickens are bred for that, and that's why they can't all be kept together. I mean, is that something that really still happens? I don't know why, but I just assume that cockfighting or rooster fighting or whatever you want to call it is like a thing of the past. That just seems like some fucking people who don't have a TV and nothing else to do, so they, like, fight some roosters. That just does not seem like a, hey, this is the 2000s and we're going to the cockfight. Load the family up. Well, I can tell you it still happens. It still happens. Oh, it still happens. In, In some cultures, not in America, it's still accepted you know, openly done south of the border in some of the countries and things like that. So these people were involved in cockfighting. Well, that's the cops that saw evidence, if you will, of you know, maybe, maybe they found the chickens kept up like that. Okay. Maybe they found some, uh, they actually take and put, you know, uh, cut off their real fur on the back of their leg and put a knife or a razor or spike on there to their little legs. Little chicken warriors. These are like gangster chickens. What the fuck? You, yes. People are loading chickens up with, they're weaponizing chickens? Yes, and many of those fights uh, last uh, 10, 15 seconds or less before one of them's dead. 
because that's how they go at each other. Little muscled up, little badass, hot, you know, Rhode Island Reds just kicking ass, and all jacked up on chicken coke and from the little banny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, I love little banny roosters. So cute because they want to kick everybody's ass, but they're just golden tiny. comet, and then they get <laughs> ate by anything. Yeah, yeah. So actually, uh, these events can involve tens of thousands of dollars cash, and certainly could be motive for murder or revenge in the police's mind. Well, okay, yeah, that, I yeah. Mean, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so I guess I'm still just blown away by the fact that this is a thing that happens in 2016. It happens. There'll be the one story takes place. Some will happen within 100 miles or probably closer to us this weekend. Guarantee it. I'm I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's how country's country, son. So anyway, the next possible motive was nothing short of a Hollywood script. Well, this whole story is like a Hollywood script. <laughs> Scorsese, where are you at? A sizable marijuana grow operation was uncovered on the properties as well. Oh, shit. Yes, which has really surprised members of the community because they had no idea. They really had no idea because a lot of times when people are growing marijuana or selling drugs, you know, they flash that cash. They got the new rides. You know, they're dropping money down, you know, taking everybody out to eat. The rodents did nothing like that. Well, the ones who were maybe not smart about it. Yeah, so um, I guess. One way you could look at it, the rodents were very smart about what they were doing, and they kept it quiet, and they had regular vehicles, regular homes, and no one really, well, I'm sure a few did, you know, but the community at large had no idea that this friendly family actually had a sizable marijuana grow operation, and a fighting cock. They were just stacking possibly, cash. Possibly fighting cock. Dang. Yeah. Make, make that money. Make it rain. Yeah, so this led investigators down a pretty strange um, corridor, if you will. It led them to theorize that a drug cartel may well be responsible for these heinous crimes. Because, I did not know this, Southern Ohio is a known drug corridor with U.S. 23 flowing through it. Wow, yeah, I didn't so, know that. So it's a main, I guess one of the more notable main veins maybe okay. there in Ohio or maybe in the nation at large, I don't know. And the Sinaloa cartel a.k.a. the Pacific Cartel, is known to have connections in the area. The infamous El Chapo was the head of this cartel prior to his arrest. So there you go. Damn. Shout out to El Chapo. They got his ass. Cartels have realized it's cheaper and easier to grow marijuana in America than smuggle it in from Mexico. So that is how that happens. They just get a local operation set up, and then boom, they're you know creating their product. And uh, you know, one day, when are they just going to legalize marijuana? I mean, seriously. I mean, they definitely should. It, it's, it's coming, honestly. Yeah. And I, and just for everybody out there, you might not smoke it, use it, or whatever. But we can literally defund these cartels by up to 50% without firing a single shot. But then they're just going to come back car. with the tobacco cartel because now you have to be <laughs> 21 to buy cigarettes. Oh, my. Yes. Well, so, I was just looking up, like, this. Is it Route 23 or, like, Highway 23? Um. Because I got Highway US twenty three. Okay, well I was just kind of curious about twenty three because it was like, oh okay, Southern yeah. Ohio. Just trying to figure out the route, and a, an article popped up here about it being uh, dubbed the Heroin Highway. No, oh. a growing suburban demand for drugs meets urban supply. Yeah, and I guess this highway stretches all the way into New Jersey. Oh wow! And therefore. Heroin is being transported well, so you got the ports. from Jersey yeah. out into these rural areas where, of course, there's opioid right. epidemics all across 
the U.S., but we have a lot of that in this region. That's probably, I would say, the same Highway 23, because that makes sense. You got the ports up there, you know, around New York and Jersey and all that. And then they can, you know, bring their product in and get it all chopped up and send it right down the road. Very interesting. Yeah, it looks like it goes uh, between Jacksonville, Florida, up to Michigan, um, Ohio, into New Jersey. I mean, it's a pretty major corridor. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. All right. Given the multiple murder scenes and uh, obvious coordination, this theory seemed to hold water. The assailants also defeated the rodent security measures of aggressive dogs and cameras. Easily, it looked like. So they had lots of security cameras on this property. So, I mean, yeah. if they have an illegal grow operation, right, that they're keeping under wraps, possible cockfighting, right? We know people who grow weed, and they tend to have security cameras everywhere. Well, yeah, we know people. People that... I know who have dabbled in selling illegal substances always oh have cameras. You knew people like that. Well, yeah, my aunt's got some crazy fucking neighbors, and I'm pretty sure they sell meth. I mean, we watch them get arrested all the time out in the street. Yeah, they, they were, have cameras all over there, single wide. <laughs> they were serving up something the other night, or they're just really popular with their uh, all the people right, in ratty so, ass yeah. cars. But yeah, the, um, but yeah, I'm just kidding. But yeah, you usually got them some pit bulls or something. Well, uh, yeah, you know that you get that whole look with the aggressive bulldog. But um, so yeah, the rodents took their security serious, and um, it was built kind of like a compound. You know, it's the outline perimeters and things of that nature. And uh, So this had to be someone with knowledge of this property, knowledge of this security system. Maybe. I mean, this, this sounds like it has to be someone who planned this. Because for, yeah, I just don't think this could be random. No well, random person could just approach this property. Right. And... And like fucking Spider-Man swoop all around and disable all these cameras. Right. Unless like, I mean, come they're on. They're a professional cartel hit squad. Well, there's that, but I still feel like there had to be some scoping out. Right. I don't know. Okay, go on. Yeah, so I'm, I mean I'm that's here, what the cops I'm are over thinking. Here speculating. <laughs> so that's what the cops are thinking. You got you know, you got security cameras that have been disabled or tampered with. You got uh, aggressive dogs that were they got around them without, you know, the dogs are still there and alive because some of the investigators said that some of those dogs would flat eat you alive if they didn't know you. They're going to tear your ass They're gonna up. They're going to tear your no, ass. No, Mr. Mailman. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. But eventually authorities moved beyond the cartel connection because of one chilling detail. Okay. The children being left alive wasn't part of the cartel's MO. That is very true. A cartel hit of any kind would likely leave everything dead, children and dogs alike. That makes sense. So, I mean, that's how brutal the damn cartels are. Yeah, they don't fucking care. No, and they're going to kill everything and everyone. And you're not going to grow up after they kill your whole family and go back and, like, get them, like a revenge movie, because they're going to kill your little ass. They're going to kill everybody. Oh, yeah. As sad as that is. So, they started looking further and further. So two and a half years later, four members of another family, after all this investigation. So basically this ends up being kind of like a cold case for a while. I mean, you're saying two and a half years. Let me back. So yes, after going through all these theories, all these various um, ideas, and just, now the cops are not sitting on their heels on this. They're working every angle. They're actively working it. I mean, everyone, multiple agencies, 
and uh, they want to catch because you have eight murders, eight unanswered murders. You got these three little children left behind, and uh, everybody wants answers. And, they, and this goes all the way up through the you know attorney general of Ohio and just the the highest and you know the coverage went national. Well, yeah, this is probably one of the worst crimes in Ohio history. It was. Uh, I would imagine. Yes, it ended up being the largest investigation in Ohio history ever. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I would so have to think so. That's how much it was worked and how far it went. And so, literally, uh, it goes cold. No more theories. No more anything they can track down. And no more bushes to beat, if you will. Two and a half years later, four members of another family, George Billy Wagner III, Angela Wagner, George Wagner IV, and Edward Jake Wagner were taken into custody for the murders. Another family. Another family known to the Rodins, known to associate with the Rodins, because Jake Wagner shared a daughter with Hannah Roden and had claimed paternity, uh, the, the three-year-old that was left at the scene alive. Um, that was their daughter, and they've been fighting over custody and such like that. She's the one that had the four-day-old baby. And he had also claimed paternity of her, her newborn as well, that was four days old. And the Wagners, eventually, after the murders and the, the media investigative firestorm after that, moved away to Alaska, in their words, to escape suspicions of involvement in the, in the Rodin's murders. Wow. Yeah, so that's, um, again, this shocked this community. Well, yeah, I've pulled up an article here by the Cincinnati Inquirer where Angela Wagner had told a reporter that her husband, George, I guess Billy Wagner, had been best friends with Hannah's father, Christopher Roden Sr. Yeah, and so they're known to each other. They're known to associate multiple members of families. Kind of little, not business ventures, but little deals, trading cars, back and forth, things like that that happens out in the country. Well, this makes sense because if the Wagners were familiar to the Rodens, were friendly with them, then they would be able to plot these murders. They would be able to study their schedules, their habits, the layout of the home. They would know where those security features were if they had some video cameras or whatever set up, they would be able to do all that. And they would be familiar with the pets, those killer dogs. Oh, my God, Heather, you're an investigative genius because that is exactly what the Wagners did. Police said they eventually discovered that they had surveilled the rodents for months before they meticulously planned murder took place. I knew it. I knew this wasn't just a random hit. (laughs) They were, and um, I apologize to everybody because I've really butchered a great story. Heather would have done better, but anyway, we're fighting through. But they had surveilled them for months with trail cameras and such of their own. They would recover it. Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would recover it and you know view it. And they just uh, they really got a feel for their habits, their routines, and and actually they knew the layouts of their homes as well. They knew where they slept because most of the victims were actually looked like they were shot where they slept couple of them there was a scuffle and then they were shot they were all shot and uh so yeah yeah once they got it down pat and felt comfortable with their and i still don't understand after looking through this and reading all about it what was the fucking plan what was the plan kill everybody and you end up with the kids custody because i mean what the fuck kind of dumbass plan is that 
Really? I just don't understand. I mean, if you have a child with another person and there's custody battle, you don't necessarily get along, you've got a fucking co-parent. You can't just wipe out the other family and then raise this child and go on like nothing happened. I mean, how are you going to explain the murder to this child? And why would you do... I don't know. I just don't understand. How do you look that child in the face knowing that you took a whole side of their family away from them? Exactly. Knowing that you blew her mother's face off. How are you going to face your baby girl one day, walk her down the aisle, be there when she has her first child, knowing good and damn well you fucking murdered her mother? Who are these people? This is just... Well, I'll tell you... This is some convoluted, like, just nonsense. Judging from their pictures um, online, and I'm sure you, you could help me provide the Patreon and everybody with some of these examples, they don't look very smart. Okay, as smart as they thought they were, they uh, thought they planned the perfect crime. And uh, it did take the cops, you know, a while, investigators a while to catch up with them. But I can just go ahead and tell you that uh, investigators were not going to let this one go. But and what's when the they, guy, Jake Wagner? Yes, that's the youngest the baby one. baby daddy? Yeah. Little fucking ponytail boy. Yeah, I know. And the other ones just look dumb. I'm like, okay, with your luxurious... Pantene conditioned hair. You know it's VO5. Fabio, why don't you throw that back in a in a scrunchie in your man bun? So yes, investigators went on to uh, once they got the final piece of evidence, October thirtieth of twenty eighteen, they were ready to pounce and they rounded up the Wagners. And I do believe one of them was found in the back of a horse trailer. In the back of a horse trailer. Yes. So that leads me on to the Wagner family has a bit of a strange tale themselves. Okay. Because you have uh, the matriarch, if you will, old lady Frederica Wagner. Granny Wagner. Granny Wagner, Billy's mom, who was also arrested along with Rita Newcomb and charged with obstruction and misleading authorities and attempt to cover up, you know, they probably obviously knew that they murdered them. So they got them on obstruction. And there was more than 80 charges brought against the four members of the Wagner family that got for the murders. Conspiracy, aggravated burglary, unlawful tampering with evidence, forgery of child custody papers, intercepts, intercepting wire and oral communications. So somehow that leads me intercepting wire and oral communication. Does your true crime obsession ever make you wonder what lurks in your yard at night? Who might be peeking in your windows? All the time. A quality and affordable fence from Accurate Fence can give you peace of mind. With more than 20 years experience, The folks at Accurate Fence have seen and done it all when it comes to any style of fence. For more information, visit their Facebook page, Accurate Fence WNC. Accurate Fence not only keeps the kids and dogs in, but also keeps the axe murderers out. And let's pause for a moment to talk about Mountain Murder sponsor, Peachy Clean WNC. Peachy Clean offers wonderful cleaning services for your home, office, or vacation rental property. From maintenance to deep cleaning, Peachy Clean delivers. Peachy Clean does such a great job, they'll never know there was blood on the floors or the walls. Ha ha ha. Nervous laughter. But really, she does a fantastic job. And what I love about Peachy Clean is the care and attention. She uses all natural cleaning products, which are environmentally friendly and safer for your children and pets. To schedule a free estimate, call 828-646-7861. 
or email peachycleanwnc at gmail.com. And that's clean with a K. Again, that's peachycleanwnc at gmail.com. Jason leads me to believe they either intercepted text or voice calls, possibly, or something during their surveillance and obstruction, along with that, because all the lies and everything, their story's not matching up, which is what originally got investigators wondering about the Wagners, because they were just going around basically asking everyone, and you take... So, yes, over this two and a half years, investigators never stopped. I mean, we hear so many stories about cops not taking runaway, you know, saying missing persons aren't, you know, they're just runaways or just botching investigations. You hear that time and again. My hats have to go off to investigators in this case because they simply would not give up. Because the estimated time of invest hours of investigation is the tens of thousands, more than 1,100 tips, 550 interviews, 200 subpoenas served, 700 plus items tested, 10 states traveled to, they used new technology as, as it became available, and more than four dozen agencies worked in concert to bring these people to justice. That's amazing. That is amazing. I'm really glad that they found the culprits. I am too, because you know what? What about these kids? If you kill... Who, like, are these kids with relatives? Or are they in state custody? I mean, I'm curious to know, because not only did you take away the Roden family, but now the Wagner family is going to be gone. What is... I may be wrong, but I believe kids? I believe they're in custody of um, some remaining members of the Roden, Roden family. So sad. Because, yes, it is so sad. You know, three years old is big enough to remember something. That's big enough to wake up and go looking for mommy or whoever and finding dead bodies. It's fucking traumatic shit And right remembering. There. And, I mean, granted, the six-month-old six and the four-day-old, that's horrible, too, but you're really not going to. But, I mean, that is just. A toddler. Who? A toddler going walking to Walking around in blood, probably. Oh, my God. And so, uh, yeah, the Wagners, they actually owned uh, a little over 1,200 acres of land. Wow. 300 acres of that being a really prestigious horse farm. Are these money people? These people have fucking money. I mean, they're all, all known in the community almost like a Robin Hood type of, you know, figure. Uh, the old, old woman there, Frederica. And uh, they help people. They would give people jobs, you know, at their farm, their horse farm, make sure, you know, help out people who, if they need a job, got out of jail and need a job and, you know, help come work until you get on your feet and um, hold kind of community dinners and stuff. So that was another shocking element when it came out that it was the Wagners that... um Because they were like a good family They too. were a good family, respected as well. What the freaking hell, dude? And so all of this happened over a custody dispute? Basically, from I mean, they've never directly said, but it always comes back to custody issues, and it's been described as an obsession with control and possession of the children on the Wagners, because they they forged child custody papers. They just basically tried to. They had homemade silencers. They bought brass catchers for the weapons to recover the shells. I mean, they once the cops got in on them and they really dug, dug and just looked up everything, it was pretty obvious that they were the culprits, honestly. And they'd moved on to Alaska at that point. And they had moved away to Alaska because, obviously, they were guilty as hell and wanted to get out of there. 
Which makes them look even more guilty. Well, it also means you got some damn money that yeah. you can just move the whole family or most of the family to Alaska, right? Wow, this is really an amazing story. Thank you for sharing it, Dylan. Yeah, I w- yeah, I'll try to get better, guys. But it really is an interesting story. And I must say, I originally, I, I, I didn't even catch it in my true crime obsession when it was happening. I caught an um, episode on Oxygen, the Oxygen channel. That's what first turned me on to it. So that was one of my sources. And then uh, the Epoch Times, there, the local paper, was another source that I used. And then um, I just dug through articles and anything I could find online. I mean, this really is something like a Hollywood movie script for real. It is crazy. Yeah. And at the end and of the day, it doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, not that murder's ever okay, but when you see a, even when it's money, even when it's insurance money, you see the clear motive. You see why, for whatever reason, this person did this or revenge or this. But it's like they can't even point to a, you know, a solid reason why there's eight, eight people dead, an entire family. I mean, they have cut, you know, two generations. Two generations. And I watched oh. some of the court proceedings and a, a cluster of the Roden family left would, uh, you know, be there in the courtroom as they started, uh, had a little, you know, pre-trial and the first hearings of these people, the Wagners. And it's just really sad. It was very sad. I mean, you don't recover from something. You don't ever recover from loss of a loved one. You don't. But this is something that just devastates. I can't even imagine being leftover members of that family. Well, these people just taken too soon. All those people and gone. In such a horrific way. And then you've got these poor kids left behind. Yeah. No parents. Your brothers, no sisters, nieces, nephews, grandkids. All these people taken from you at once in, in, one, in one night. That's insane. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for this. Huh. It's been a great Mountain Murders episode. I'm very thrilled that you took the lead. I finished one, y'all. You did. Yeah. So, anyway, it was fun. Thanks, Thanks. for listening, guys. Thanks so much.